Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Mr. Higgins, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I guess I'm here with the Jaeger twin. One, one half. We're yes. down one. We're down one. So I've got to fill in and get drunk for the other one. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. I'm here with Chris Higgins from the band Piranha. Those of you who are not from Nashville, actually, you probably do know who they are because they've, uh, they're getting attention all over the place. But if, if you don't, then you'll hear about them soon because I'm going to play some of their stuff throughout the episode. Chris is part of a two man deal that does like sort of a video podcast called the Jaeger Twins. And why do we call it the Jaeger Twins? <laughs> I guess for our our, uh, our love of Jaeger, um, you know, we we just it's it's our uh, drink of choice uh, most most of the time. You know, a couple of beers and some Jaeger. That's how we roll. And I decided to fill in for Matt, who is the other Jaeger Twin today. And I'm a lightweight, so I'll probably be slurring my speech by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I brought a little bit with us, so maybe we might both be doing that. So I uh, that works. <laughs> the kids are away. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to sit down with Chris here and talk about some of our favorite rock documentaries. And now I'm doing this as a top five, but truthfully, there's just, there's way too many good ones to only do a top five. Yeah. But we're going to do it as a five, but then we're also going to spend a crap load of time probably talking about all the ones that didn't make the list. Or we'll just go whatever. Right. The more we drink, the less organized this will become, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's okay. That's so, how the Jaeger Twins is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm used to it. Uh, um, so, yeah, we'll try it that way. But um, let's go ahead and start with number five. Now it's time for another lame-ass top five. Number five. You want to go first? 
you go first. I'll go first. Okay. My number five is, and I'll go ahead and set, go ahead and say this beforehand. There's a couple of these that I don't even like the music of the bands that these movies are about. But that doesn't make it, that's not what makes a good Rocky doc, rock, rock documentary. I'm already screwing words yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes a good <laughs> Rocky Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn what, what makes a good rock documentary is great storytelling and something that just keeps you captivated throughout. And I used to play in bands, so maybe that's why I relate so much to this because I like, I like to be a fly on the wall. I like this, the behind the scenes stuff. So pretty much everything is either going to be a great story that's told or it's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff or both. So number five for me is a movie called New York Doll. And this is about Arthur Killer Kane, who is the bass player for the New York Dolls. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen this. You should see this movie. Okay. This is a documentary. And basically, how much do you know about the New York Dolls? Not a lot. All right. Well, we're both Kiss geeks. Mm -hmm. So we both know that they were influenced by the New York Dolls. Yeah. Which is the whole reason I watched this in the first place. I was like, well, let's let's see what they're because they never got really that big. Are they not coming as with uh, Motley? Yeah, they're coming on Poison Motley and Poison. Is that actually going to happen? Yeah. Well. Well, it's. I mean, the dolls. What are they down to? They're down to two original members. Oh, the rest who, of them are dead. Who's in it? Buster and <laughs> Buster. Point <laughs> <laughs> Dexter. David Johansson. Yeah, I yeah. have to call him Buster. Buster Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> David Johansson and Sylvain Sylvain. Okay. The rest of them are dead. So they they couldn't make it tonight. Sorry, (laughs) Um, but yeah. So yeah, they're gonna play with. But and I might go just to see them. Yeah, that would be interesting. I've seen enough of Poison and Motley Crue. New York Doll is basically picks up about Arthur Killer Kane, who was the bass player, and this movie was I think it was made about ten years ago. And basically, Arthur Kane was the bass player in the Dolls. If you don't know about the Dolls, actually, you probably don't listen to this podcast because it's about rock and stuff like that. So anyway. Arthur had a horrible fall from grace, became a huge alcoholic, ruined himself, everything went downhill, and winds up being a born-again Christian with the Mormon church. Is that possible? Not Christian. Well, born again, you know what I mean. Okay. He straightened himself out. He basically immersed himself in the Mormon Okay, Mor- church. the Mormon way. They took him in, gave him a place to live, because he was that bad off. Utah jazz fan. Huh? Utah jazz fan, I guess. I doubt he was a jazz fan. <laughs> I don't think he was Utah, like, you know. I don't think he was writing letters to the mailman and all that. But um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Mormon church took him in, gave him a job, but it's just so such a weird dichotomy. You see this they show old these old clips of the New York dolls that are basically dressed up like women mm-hmm. playing CBGBs or wherever in New York. And then you see these clips of Arthur Kane, you know, wearing a button-down shirt working in a library in the Mormon you know, community. But what's great about the documentary is it interviews him and it shows him like taking the bus to to work every day and he's, but he's such a sweet guy. It's like you you can't help but love the guy because he's a really genuine person and he knew that he had screwed everything up, held a big grudge against David Johansson. Basically, he was jealous of David Johansson's success as Buster Poindexter and doing the movies he did in the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, things are going downhill for him. He's like, why don't I have any of this? So... The movie is following him, and it's it's amazing how it worked out because right as they're filming him and his life, talks start happening about maybe the dolls getting back together and doing a show, and they get invited to do this show out in London um, called The Meltdown Show, which happens every year. And that year was hosted by Morrissey, who I think sucks, but anyway, yeah, he's, a, he's a New York Dolls fan. But anyway, so 
basically the movie follows him getting back together, rehearsing with the band and getting to know each other. And they let bygones be bygones. And they play a big show. And it's just, it's just a really feel good story. Then it takes kind of a tragic turn at the end because he gets, it says right after the show, he got very sick, went into the hospital. And then within two months he had died, or I think it was within a couple of weeks, he had died of leukemia. Wow. So he was actually dying while he was playing this show. Crazy. But it was heartwarming because this reunion was, what he had dreamed about sort of completing and making him whole. And it's anyway, it, it's just a feel good story. Even if you don't like the New York dolls or glam rock or anything, I think it's worth anyone seeing. So New York dolls, New York doll is my number five. That sounds great, dude. I would like to see that. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll love it. It's a great movie. Yeah. So, so what do you got for number five? <sighs> number five. Uh, when I put this list together, I was just thinking about what are the ones I watch over and over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, they always seem to hold my attention, you know, kind of like you see, uh, I don't know for you, but like Shawshank Redemption, there's certain movies that mm-hmm. if they're on, you watch them. Right. <clears throat> like Contro- the- controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, it's not uh, that obscure. At, well, not obscure at all, but um, the uh, some kind of monster from, from Metallica. A lot of people didn't even like the movie, you know, mm-hmm. and you got guys crying and <laughs> therapists and... All this kind of stuff, but uh, but to me, I went to the movies and saw it at the Bell Court here in Nashville, and uh, had a couple of Yazoo's. It was a good time, and mm. uh, I, I don't know, I, I enjoyed it. I you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good 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 deal. That's a good one. Um, the, the bonus fo- the bonus footage is great too with Mustaine and all that. Oh, stuff, I haven't so. got to watch that. Oh yeah. So it's a more of the therapy session with Mustaine. Yeah, yeah. I have to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, the. No, I liked it because I thought it was a great trip into like the psyche of what these guys are going through. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, these poor millionaire rock stars, you know, they can't get out of bed and whatever. <laughs> but what James was going through and, I mean, anybody who's been in a band can relate to some of the tension that goes on between the band members and that. I, I know I got, I reminisced on certain relationship issues with other bandmates that I had watching the movie uh-huh um it does not paint lars in a very good light i think lars comes off like a spoiled brat uh, yeah but yeah. but at the same time james also comes off like a spoiled brat at the same time yeah like was it the part where where james is basically saying if i've left for the day you cannot listen to anything yeah that's bullshit i was like <laughs> that's such horseshit yeah, yeah i was like no yeah they can because they've yeah. always worked yeah. that way yeah. you know one at night and one of the day right. kind of. they've always done that it's so. the whole control freak issue uh-huh. and like yeah. which is why jason newstead's not in the band anymore yeah and which is a damn shame i like yeah trujillo yeah. or what trujillo how do you yeah, say tr- trujillo trujillo good bass player <laughs> yeah I'd still rather see Jason in the band. I, I liked, I just liked the chemistry they all had. But yeah, James can go off and do every COC record on Earth, but Jason can't have a side project. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to start <laughs> bitching about that. I like Metallica, and I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great documentary. I mean, whether you think they want they're whiners or not, it was a great thing, and it was the only thing that made Saint Anger respectable, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think the riffage on that album is fantastic. Yeah, they got some great freaking riffs there were ideas but not oh my gosh yeah Yeah. i mean the riffs were great yeah but the you know the vocals sometimes sounded a little wimpy 
I, I like to I like the lyrical Man. content, but the vocal itself sounded a little wimpy, and the, the, of course everybody bitches about the drum sound. <laughs> what do you think about the drum sound, <laughs> Mr. Drummer? What do yeah, you think? Yeah, it's it, it's you know it doesn't it doesn't bother me a lot, but it is but it's kind of there, and it, it it's a little irritating. You know, and then there's no solos, which I think is a travesty, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, you know, there's some good stuff on there. Yeah. It just wasn't – I don't think it was ready to go out. Yeah. I think it, it got it got rushed and, and it wasn't ready. Well, I crack up when, when Bob Rock is being interviewed during the movie and they're saying, well, what do you want this to sound like? He's like, it's supposed to sound like four guys getting into a room for the first time and playing a song and playing songs and the band is Metallica and I was like congratulations Bob yeah. that's exactly what you just yeah you, achieve, off. you achieved it yeah you achieved so, it. <laughs> um, I don't like that album but I thought the movie was very good yeah um, it was although I do like the uh, and on my also rans list was um a year and a half in the life of Metallica yeah I was gonna yeah that was, so I almost put that may be talked about later yeah um but yeah that's a good one too very good behind the scenes so that's our number fives Rubbing our last two brain cells together. This is a Decibel Geek Podcast. Number four. This is one where I hate the actually hate the band's music that's being featured in the movie. <laughs> this is a documentary called Dig. Have you seen Dig? Uh, it sounds familiar, but again, I can't place it. I bet you remember the story behind the band. The this it's basically it follows two bands, but the main band focused in the movie Dig is uh, the Brian Jonestown Massacre, and the Brian Jonestown Massacre was basically like a '60s revivalist group out of California. And the movie follows them and another band you've probably heard of called the Dandy Warhols. Yeah, I've heard which of got a little bit of success in the '90s for on MTV. I didn't really like their music either, but what the Brian Jonestown Massacre is famous for is they are like the band that got a uh, album, a record label showcase at the Viper Room in L.A. And then wound up beating the shit out of each other on stage in front of everybody. And blew their entire chance of getting a record deal. Yeah. It's like, how, what, it's like the case of worst timing ever. That's crazy, man. Let me pick a fight with one of my bandmates now while every record executive is sitting in the room. So, that's what they're famous for. And I think VH1 used to drag it up and show the footage on some of their shows. But the, the, the movie is, it shows the two paths that these bands cross showing the Dandy Warhols getting picked up and getting MTV play and starting to, you know, play all these big shows. They actually got kind of big in Europe. But at the same time, you've got the Brian's Jones House Massacre, who actually, I don't like either of the band's music, but probably more of an authentic band and had better original material. But their lifestyle is nuts. They're snorting coke all the time. They're fighting with each other. And the singer is this guy named Anton Newcomb, who basically thinks he is God. And... That sounds like my number four pick. Okay, well, <laughs> he uh, he's got like this humongous ego. He thinks that you know he is like the '60s come back to life, and he's the savior of rock and roll. Wow. And it's it's great if you are that talented, but if you don't if you don't do what people think you should be doing, you're just going to ruin it. But yeah, his childish behavior just kills the band. They wind up getting they end up doing a tour. I don't remember what year it was, but they drive all over the country and they're trying to do their first tour but they're just such a train wreck 
any like they're playing they'll they're in Cleveland playing to a crowd of ten, and they're fighting at that. And then um, two of the band members quit in Chicago and just walk off. They're like, we're gonna walk back to California. So like this is it's just one of those deals where it's like you have such a great talented group of people and they can't hold it together for more than ten minutes, and they actually do get a record deal. They got a record deal at some point, and the, the, these poor people believed in them. And then during the tour, they end up getting pulled over in Georgia, get busted for weed. Oh, wow. The tour gets canceled. The band breaks up. But then also the Dandy Warhols, they start getting chewed up in the whole corporate music landscape with they didn't get to pick their second single because, like, it's funny. They hadn't released a single yet, and MT, or their record label went ahead and paid $400,000 to do their video. And it's like that is that's the ass backwards thinking that has ruined the music industry. Yeah. They haven't made a penny, so let's throw four hundred grand at a video that may or may not hit. That the band has to pay back. Somehow. Right. That the band <laughs> has to pay for. Yeah. So they get chewed up and spit out by the music industry. So basically both bands end up not really going anywhere. But it's a fantastic documentary and it shows totally how the industry can work one way or the other for you. And it really shows how it, it's like the worst case of lead singer's disease in history. Although you have another pick that may also rival that. So that's my number four dig with a exclamation point after it. Even if you're just a metalhead, check it out. You will love watching it because it's hilarious. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. So yeah. All right. So we've got number three for you. No, four. Oh, number four. Oh, yeah. I did number yeah. four first. So number four for you. Motley Crue behind the music. Gosh, it's been a long VH1. time since I've seen that one. Every single time that comes on, I, I, I must watch it. It's like, you know, I'm doing zombie uh, pose, but it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge crew head. Uh, probably more so Tommy Lee fan. Just a massive uh, Tommy Lee fan. Uh, to me, like one of the best rock drummers ever. Just power and showmanship. You know, he's just a lunatic. But uh, love that. Love that movie. You know, it's got the tales of Ozzy, a snorting the ants, and... You know, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I believe that. Well, I don't know, Ozzy. Dude, <laughs> he probably did. He doesn't remember it, of course. But I mean, then again, he doesn't remember. Was it? I fancy me a bump six, and he's like, I don't have any. Yeah, like, give me that straw. Yeah, there was a pop line of Lance uh, going to toward a popsicle that had been yeah. dropped on the ground, and yeah, and, and, and uh, the sugar, and he was uh, all about. And it, then he so. said, "Top that," didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> yes. then he pissed, or some one of them pissed, and then the other one l- licked, licked it, it up. up. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot to do in your free time yeah, in the eighties. Wow, apparently. man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Motley Crue, I dig. Um, although I do have my criticisms of them, we can argue if you want. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not the defense attorney for Motley, but yeah, but you know, there's certain things that irritate me about them. Um, Tommy Lee, I will not argue with you on because he is definitely the most talented member of that when, group. When Tommy Lee is not in that band, it is a complete piece of shit. You're right, and I saw them with Randy Castillo, rest in peace and all. Yeah, I love Randy. But and all his, it was not But it's same. not, well, it's just not Motley Crue. Yeah. The new tattoo record itself is not that bad of a record. But it's bland. But, but, but it's not Motley Crue. And, yeah. and, and, you know, then they had that uh, Samantha chick from a hole. Yeah. I'll, you, my wife can test this. I was... Probably the most pissed off dude in that entire, you know. I mean, I grew up learning how to play yeah. Tommy's. I mean, I know these records yeah. like big time. And to see her butchering Tommy Lee's like drum parts up there, and uh, I was just oh, I was furious. I was, I was a, just furious. I'm like, she sounds like a, you know, 
piece of shit up there just jumbling and bumbling. It's like, dude, you know. So you saw them play live with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I think Megadeth opened. Okay, now I saw them. Was I don't know? I think it was with Castillo when they played with uh, Scorpions. Okay, it was at Starwood out here. I've seen like you know, home videos of and, Castillo um, with them, but. But that concert, oh, well, I already did a concert memory show, but I haven't, I didn't share this. Um, I saw it was Scorpions and Motley Crue, and I was like, yeah, let's go, we'll go see them. And Motley Crue comes on with Castillo playing drums, and first of all, it's bland. Tommy Lee gives them some sort it's of pizzazz. A, it's energy, man. That makes them sound. It gives a swing to their to their sound. Yeah. But the worst part of it was Mick Mars. I love Mick Mars, and he played fine all night. But the only problem was. Motley Crue was basically the band Motley Crue was playing at about 50 decibels and but I'm just giving you a comparison and Mick Mars was playing at 1500 decibels. That happened in Columbus, Ohio. The sound I don't know if Mick Mars has it in his contract or something that he has to be 3000 times louder no, than the rest no, of the I, band. No, I, I totally understand. And when you hear it like that oh, it, it was, sounds like shit Oh, it killed my ears. Yeah, it's not it, it you know, there's it, no blend. It's it's awful. Oh, it was terrible. I was I, like, it was a painful experience. Yeah, <laughs> so, I've, I've I've heard of him like that before. I was like he's playing great but I can't hear anything <clears> else. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he's if he's just a prima donna about about his sound live but i was just like holy shit i was like how loud does he have to be yeah yeah i know so it was an interesting concert to say the least but yeah motley crew behind the music they're an interesting band i mean yeah. you know as far as the documentary goes i mean if you if you watch that you know i, I mean yeah. i could have watched three hours of that stuff i mean <laughs> you know it, it's they're they're interesting i'm still waiting for dirt the movie yes big yeah. time big time I'm, big time i'm wondering if that's ever going to happen that we always hear rumors and yeah. never Seems to go anywhere. That would be great. I, uh, Johnny Knoxville was supposed to play Nikki Six, I think. Yeah, and I think Ashton Kutcher was going to play Tommy Lee. No shit. That's what I heard. Wow. I don't know that will happen. <laughs> now he's, well, actually, Ashton Kutcher is going to do Charlie that's, Sheen's that's thing. That's crazy, man. So, okay. Well, that's a good one. Have, um, I don't know if we can pick up Behind the Music's anywhere, though, can we? Uh, yeah. For a while, you could buy the Motley Crue one. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear that Nickelback song again. Really? This is a Decibel Geek Podcast. Number three. Okay. Number three for me. <laughs> this is a very untalented artist that your singer likes quite a bit. Oh boy. And I think you got I don't I don't know that you guys have ever covered his stuff. Is this the the guy that can't sing very uh, uh he's a um, he's more of a sideshow than an artist. Yes, I know exactly who he is. Talking about Gigi Allen. Oh, no, this is not who but, movie, yeah, oh man, Darren does love that. Oh god. Oh jeez. The movie's called Hated. <laughs> yeah, he loves him, man. <clears throat> I got him a Gigi Allen um documentary for Christmas or his birthday a few years ago. I, it may have been that one even. Uh, I just saw it and figured he didn't have it and got it for him. He loved it. All right, so. now I didn't know anything about Gigi Allen until I watched this movie. I I, I knew Darren had told me about it. Like, <laughs> oh, you gotta watch Gigi Allen. And my drummer at the time, Wes is equally as sick-minded as Darren. So he was like, oh, yeah, you know, well, check out Gigi Allen. And I'm like, well, what does he do? 
And they're like, oh, you know, he, he pulls his dick out and, you know, he throws shit at the audience and, you know, he, he, he eats it. And I'm like, what? He rubs bananas in his ass crack. And yeah, and they're like, and he threatens to kill himself all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he's <laughs> dead now. And I'm like, I was like, well. Surprise. Obviously, I, was like, I, I was like, obviously this is must-see TV, so let me check it out. Mm-hmm. So I checked out the movie Hated. And the movie Hated basically follows his whole life. Um, most of it is his brother Merle. <laughs> Who's a character unto oh, himself? Oh yeah, hell yeah! You guys have met him, haven't you? I haven't. I thought Darren, they they've come into town a few times. Darren may have. Okay, Darren, you know. And uh, yeah, Merle tells most of the story, but it, it's Gigi Allen was born and says he was named Jesus Christ Allen by his parents. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, that was his his whole shtick was he just would do the most ridiculous stuff and. He would strip naked at the beginning of every show. There'd be about 30 people at every show because that was how many brave souls were willing to go see him. Yeah. <laughs> he would take a shit on stage and throw it at people, smear it all over himself, lick it, pull, play with his dick in front of people, try to make out with people in the audience, try to punch, he would punch people in the face. Don't forget the one girl who pissed in his mouth. Yeah. He, if it was, <laughs> if it was sick and depraved, it was all, he was all about it. Yep. And the only thing I remember of him, during the time he was actually alive was when he was on Jerry Springer show, which there are YouTube videos of him on the Jerry Springer show with one of his girlfriends from the time. Wow. And it's really funny. And it's, it's, it's interesting if you watch it now, because back then everybody's like, Oh, it's just an act. He's just trying to do the shock rocker thing. Kiss did it. Alice Cooper did. No, no, he lived that life. Yeah. That's him, man. And the movie, you basically see him die. He plays a show in New York, does his whole thing. And the camera follows him as he gets thrown out of the club, and he starts walking the streets of New York. He was also a massive heroin junkie. Yeah. So Murder junkies, that's the... The murder band. junkies, yeah. that was his band. Yeah. So he's walking the streets of New York, and this camera crew's following. He's buck naked. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. He's walking like 30 blocks, and he's looking, trying to score heroin. And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? It's, it's the most fascinating thing to watch, though, yeah. because like you don't see that kind of thing on TV. No. Yeah. <laughs> His music sucks, but it's like the movie's amazing. Well, and he eventually scores. He goes off into this rat hole apartment. Next thing you know, you hear he's dead. And there's photos of the funeral, and like he's he's still got shit smeared on him in the coffin. Oh, and man. His family's putting Dude. all kinds of crap in his coffin, and it, it's just it's so bizarre. Let me preface this by saying... Only watch this if you have a strong stomach. Yeah. Because there's a lot of disgusting stuff. It's nasty, stuff. man. Yeah. As far as rock documentaries go, you can't beat it. I mean, it's one of... It, well, you can't because it's number three on my list. But it's an interesting study into the human condition of a disgusting person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth seeing. That's my number three. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> right. Uh, number three, uh, it's a movie called Get Thrashed, um, which the uh, drummer from Overkill uh, put out. I think he had some help with that, but... Uh, fantastic movie. The actual documentary itself, maybe an hour and a half, two hours long. Then there's bonus footage. I mean, it goes deep, <laughs> deep, deep with these interviews with some bands I've never even heard of. <laughs> you know, it, it was it's insane, but a great, you know, story of of, of uh, thrash music and it's kind of rise and then kind of I wouldn't say fall, but you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of leveled out. But great, great documentary. That's not just about overkill. No, no. Okay. I mean, it's uh, you know. It's, Exodus, you know, 
uh, you know, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, all the big thrash bands you've ever heard of, and then some, you know. So he interviews members of those groups? Yeah, Yeah, it's fantastic, man. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I remember of Overkill is, uh, welcome to the gutter. We've been expecting you! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite line is, it's terminal! Yeah. I love Overkill. Oh, I do too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were so fun. And one of the best shows Piranhas played, man. We opened for those guys a few years ago, and it was fantastic. Was it Bobby Blitz? Bobby Blitz, yeah, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Overkill, I awesome that. band. Great, great documentary though. All right, well, now I think it's time we probably take a break so we can uh, get more Jaeger. Yeah, we can toast it up. Sweet, and uh, we'll come back with the top two. So here's some fun commercials. See ya. Hi, I'm Kristen, and you might know me from having booked local rock shows with my husband, Al John. Are you trying to save money on your next vacation? Well, as a Magical Journeys travel agent and authorized Disney vacation planner, you can contact me if you are looking to visit a Disney destination such as Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Disney Vacation Club Resorts, Universal Orlando, or a cruise vacation. I can help. With busy lives, I can not only help you save money, but time as well. I continue to look for better deals until the day you travel. Are you already booked with Disney for your vacation? Well, you can transfer those to me and I can look for better deals as they become available. Received one of those golden tickets, a Disney pin code? Well, I can book those too. So why do all the hard work yourself when I can do it for you at no cost to you? Email me at Kristen at MagicalJourneysTravel.com A proud supporter of the Disciple Geek Podcast. Sausage balls. My wife makes the best freaking sausage balls ever. Yeah, I recorded that just oh. so you know. <laughs> well, they're great, dude. I mean, the, the red pepper in it make them a little spicy. They're very nice. Awesome. All right, we're back and a little sausage, a little balls. more screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're awesome. Don Carr from Noise Cult loves. Oh, Don's great, dude. Don, Don. Don's my buddy, and and uh, every time Mabel makes a batch of uh, sausage balls, we always make a little extra for Don. <laughs> that and the jambalaya. Don's a trip. Don's like, it's sweet goodness, Higgy. (laughs) Okay, so we've got two more to go. Two more. We're doing top five rock docs. And so I'm going to let you do your number two now. Number two. Okay, number two, uh, A Headbanger's Journey. Oh, Metal Headbanger's Journey. Yes, the the blunt-headed cat that went all over whacking all the festivals. Uh... The the Dio interview on there is especially cool. Oh, where he claims that Gene Simmons admitted the term OJ. <laughs> yes, he probably got a copyright as well as the Malloy symbol, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but he says Gene that this the the uh, yeah that's fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah, just just all around good. And then you got the dumbasses that do the uh, Satan. The one guy. So, oh, yeah. so what makes you do this? Satan. Satan. Like what a dumbass. He's, Wouldn't it be funny if he said kitties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cat litter. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you What do you think about the whole was it Nordic you know, death metal stuff where these people are burning churches? Well, I think it's uh, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, um, I believe in Christ myself, and so it's a uh, it's it's. Uh, I, but do you think they are taking 
that seriously? No, I, I absolutely think yeah. that they are. Yeah, and that's, that's what's even more scary about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's it's sickening. I mean, and when you watch that documentary, when they interview that priest, you, you right. know, you could just see. I mean, the dude's like completely heartbroken over it. I mean, you know, it's it, and it was not only a church, but it was a historical. Yeah, I mean, it'd been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, well, that's what's so bizarre about the whole idea of it. It's like, come on, man, this is rock music, rock and roll. It's, yeah. You know, why Why are we going to do this? These are guys that made the necklace out of some dude's bone, you know, oh, skull. Gosh. I mean, oh, you know, gosh. I mean, these yeah. dudes, these, I mean, you know, and they've done some prison time for it and stuff like that. But no, I think, I think it's just horrible, man. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's no, there's no reason for any destruction and of, you know, if it's not what you believe in, so be it. But, yeah. you know, you don't need to be going out and trying to erase history and, and, and stuff like that. I don't know. It's well, bad. it's like, Play your show, take a shot of Jaeger, screw a groupie, and get on with your lives. Shut you know? up and move yeah, on, yeah. man. Yeah, and that's my thing about death metal and you know black metal bands that you know. And if you you know, what do they sell like? You know, I don't know, fifty albums a year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like uh, anytime you like you base your whole thing on you know Satan or 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 you know if you base it on you know blue cars, mm-hmm. and that's all you sing about. <laughs> Blue you, well, you know, I'm just throwing like out there. Wallet? That's that Jaeger. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, anytime you like just zero in on a certain kind of yeah. genre, you've alienated a million people. Yeah. Well, it's unlimited. You don't know who would have bought your album maybe if you would have, you know, sung about something else. What, what, what got me on that movie was I'm disappointed in my fellow Americans because when he goes to the Wacken Festival to see how, to see how people react to the metal over there mm-hmm. when i see the europeans going just ape shit over the bands over there and then they the bands come back over here this goes back to my whole ramones Ramon thing i talked about on one of my previous episodes it just bothers me because like americans it's almost like we're scared to have a good time and that's even on a local level where you'll have clubs and everyone's like oh i'm fine i'm fine the 200 people there are fine with being in the back of the room mm-hmm. but god forbid someone ever walks up near the stage yeah. you know it's like they're going to get eaten by a shark or something but europeans they just they just say screw all the inhibition and they go up there and they have a great time they let it out man and the bands love playing for europeans i would audiences. love to go over there we have a there's a a uh... fist radio out of the uk picked up prana recently and they've given us lots of airplay and uh, I just hooked up with a promoter over there not so long ago, and so we're gonna, we're going to try and make it over there sometime, and you know. Well, and you'll see. I, I, I mean, see the same reaction. I would absolutely love to. I mean, you know, go over there for a couple of weeks and you know yeah. play a few gigs and just you know that well, would be look van- at the, would be fantastic. Look at the monsters of rock footage you've seen over the years. Gosh. The people are going bonkers, dude. I love it. But love you don't it. see that very much. <clears throat> There's in a whole circuit of those festivals. Yeah. I mean, I love sense. America and, and going to shows here, but it's it's different. I mean, they are way more jubilant about what they see. Well, and and they they're they're very dedicated too to the bands they love. You yeah. know, people are fickle here, and in, in, mm-hmm. at least from what I've always seen, you know, the, oh, they like somebody like one minute, and yeah. oh, they put out another album. You know, they didn't like it as much, so they're done. They never yeah. they never wait for the third one to come out, and maybe they'll like it too. You know. Yeah. Or, but those bands, those guys over there, man, they're like they're diehard. If they if they're a fan, mm-hmm. they're a fan, you yeah. know. And that that's cool. They're singing the words, man. They're 
they're doing the pits. You know, you gotta love them, man. You gotta love them. That's what shines through in that movie to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, the history, the history of it's great. <laughs> the whole little flow chart they have about oh, the bands is oh, great. Th- that was great. That was awesome. But uh, what shines awesome. through to me is like, man, Europe. They real they're showing us up as far yeah. as audience participation. Yeah, they're, goes. they're they're fantastic. So that yeah, that's a good pick for number two. And VH1 showed it. I need to get my own copy. Uh, of me it. too. Me yeah, too. because it was I. Every time it would come on TV, I would watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, and I've watched it at least six times. That's why I picked it. I know. So, I know. I love it. Yeah, I, Sam Dunn is the guy that put it together. Mm. Yeah, and he he does a great job. I think he also did the uh, Flight Six 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 by Maiden, uh, which I'm not a huge Iron Maiden fan. But, that's good though. But yeah, that's it's good. very very well done. Yeah, and like yeah. he the, the part of. Uh, Metal Headbangers Journey that I love was where he got to sit on the stage at uh, Hammersmith Odeon with Bruce. with Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, and he talked like, about that in Eggy Tronk. Which yeah, it's like yeah. like total dream come true. You know, yeah. I mean, oh jeez, I, I mean, come on, can yeah. you imagine doing that? That'd be like me interviewing you know Gene Simmons or whatever. But um, awesome, yeah, great movie. Good, that's a good pick for your number two. My number two, uh, a band that I also consider one of the most underrated bands in uh, music history. Uh, it's called End of the Century: The Story of the Ramones. Have you seen this one? Uh, no. Uh, well, actually, I may have, but I don't recall it right offhand. But I'm gonna get you a copy of it. Um, I do like the Ramones. Okay. Well, if you already like the, you know the story. But it like, I, and it was actually more of my introduction to the Ramones. I was kind of a music snob when I was younger because I had friends in high school that were, oh, the Ramones are amazing. You got to go see the Ramones, and I had like two or three chances to go see them live. And never did because like, oh, screw all that. It's like it's three chords. It's punk. I'd screw up. Whatever. Uh, and at the same time, I'm listening to, you know, horrible. The, yeah, my taste have changed over the years. <laughs> then I saw End of the Century, and it, it's it's A to Z, like the whole story of the band, and goes into all kinds of great stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff, tells how they were built, um, the tension between all the band members. and I, I think I have seen some of that, man. Oh, it's Because it's ringing, some of the stuff's so like ringing. Oh, it's, to me. yeah, I mean, it's got all the stuff about all the drama between the band members. Right. It's, it's, it's a real documentary. There's not really even that much music in it. I've it's, never seen the whole thing, which I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's mostly interviews. Yeah. Which that's, I actually like that. I want to hear what happened. Me too, me too. And uh, criminally underrated band. Should have been huge. Um, which I'll, I explain that in bands that should have been huge. Um, but yeah, end of the century, the story of the Ramones is a great, great, uh, documentary. And it was done, let's see, it was done between, let's see, Dee Dee died right after they made the movie. They, they're showing the rock and roll hall of fame induction in 2002. I think hall of shame. Yeah. (coughs) Let's not start on that. But yeah, it shows Dee Dee meeting up with the band and, uh, Joey had already died. Johnny hadn't died yet. And as we know now, Joey, Johnny, and Dee Dee are all dead now. Yeah. So Tommy's really the only original one left, and Marky, who was in them for a long time. Uh But Marky's peddling spaghetti sauce. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And there's a douchebag from what I've heard. But, I mean, I don't discredit what he gave to the band because he's a good drummer. (laughs) But uh, fantastic documentary. Um, Worth your time, even if you don't like punk music or anything, because it's a great story of how they made it, which I'll continue this rant on this episode, which I'll say, I'll get your opinion on this. Why is it where we're talking about the Europe thing? The Ramones, they struggled to play clubs in America, but at the same time, they were huge over in England. They inspired the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, or the, not the Ramones, they inspired the Sex Pistols, the Clash, a lot of bands, the Damned, mm-hmm. a lot of those bands. They went over there and played the Roundhouse, played multiple shows, sold out nights. They were like gods there. Why did they bother coming home? 
because they come back to America where they're treated like complete dog shit, and they they struggle to play clubs the whole rest of their career. At one point, they go to South America, and they're huge there. It's like, I don't get these bands that are huge elsewhere. I guess it's because America is the land of milk and honey and everything, and if you don't make it in America, it doesn't really count. Well, I think I think that's it, man. It's just the 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 desire, you know, to be to make it in your homeland. I guess. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I mean, there's a million bands that have went to Europe and got record deals and yeah. and then came back and Jimmy Hendrix, bigger, you know, like a, that's how he made it. Lots of people. Man. Yeah, lots of lots of bands. Um, but it's like why. I don't know. If it was me, I'd be like, I'm a god in this other country. Those dudes are New Yorkers, though. Yeah, I mean, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They're, they're and they're mentally like, tough. And, and New Yorkers are New Yorkers, and they're going to want to go back. You know, yeah, which that's, that, that's probably exactly why that's home. they I didn't mean, that's, leave. They are New York. When I think of Ramones, that's, yeah. that's one of the things that's like tattooed, you know, when I think of... Well, yeah. In the movie, you've got Joe Strummer, and like you got people from The Clash and The Sex Pistols talking about what it was like to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, because these guys were just teenagers seeing the, the Ramones playing. Yeah. But there's this great story in there where one of uh, the Ramones' assistants or whatever, this guy, Arturo, that was close to them, he said he went out back behind the Roundhouse in London and Johnny Rotten was there. It was just John Lydon then. Yeah. He was just a kid. And he wanted to meet the band, but he was scared because he was worried that they were going to beat him up. Like, because <laughs> I guess in England the Ramones had built this reputation that they were these tough guys from the Bronx that were a gang and would just beat the shit out of anyone who got near them. Yeah, but isn't that cool? Like I always loved it when you hear about bands when they say like, "Man, we were we were a freaking gang." Yeah. Whether one of us was wrong or right, if you were going to fight one of us, you're going to fight us all. Right. You know, I love, I love. It's great to get that reputation. I love that freaking mentality, man. Yeah. I freaking love that. Well, and you know? well, and that's one thing that the internet has torn down. Yeah. You can't build up well, a mystique, no mystique anymore. No. Yeah, it's gone because it, it gets ripped apart. Right. Like, I know we're Kiss Geeks. Kiss could not go without them. They couldn't be not photographed without makeup today. Yeah. If they had just come out today. We'd yeah. see a picture on TMZ within half an hour. <laughs> yeah, they'd be caught. Hey, here's Gene Simmons coming yeah, out Yeah, because there's people hiding in bushes everywhere. Yeah, here. so, uh, but yeah, but it, <laughs> it, it's a great story. But the, yeah, that's my rant is just like. If I'm big in England and then I come back and I'm playing at some shithole dive bar for five dollars, then I'm gonna move to England. I'm yeah. sorry, but uh, yeah, end of the century story, of the Ramones. That's my number two. Good one. So uh, yeah, check that one out if you get a chance. Uh, all right, and now we're down to number one. Number one. So this is the final one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Let me hear it, Higgins. <laughs> the Metal Years, The Decline of Western Civilization. By Penelope Spheres. Uh, Spears, Spears, Spears. Yeah. Brittany. Uh, <laughs> nah, uh, Penelope, uh, yeah. Just, just, uh, wow. What can I say, man? It's like the height of uh, 80s excess. You know, Chris yeah. Holmes. You know, uh, the, the drunken pool scene. You know, London, Odin. Uh, you know, faster pussycat poison yeah, like, it's got it all it, it's 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 the sunset strip uh roxy whiskey uh gazaris oh and the only reason i didn't put this on my list is because i'm going to do decibel geek is going to do an ap- a complete episode devoted to this movie yeah and i have to i have to come back for that and yes you will be I, a part I, of it. i am I mean, honestly, dude, I I was so excited. I was in CD Warehouse uh, plug, I guess, uh, <laughs> and um, I was looking at their videos, and I saw that, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" 
Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, and I and it the guy, whoever put this out, it's a it's a boot. Yeah. Uh, but the cover and you open it up. And he actually has it here. I have it in my hands right yeah. now. It's not a download. I mean it looks it looks pro. It's van it's yes, fantastic. It, it looks I, very good. And I asked the guy, I'm like, Man, I didn't even know this is out and he goes, Well it's not. He says, If you don't like <laughs> it's it not. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, uh then you know, bring it back, you know. Yeah. And but I mean when I put it in it was as if it were just released by some major yeah. uh you yeah. know, film company. But but I mean it's just it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. All right, and Obviously, the the most famous part of this movie is the Chris Holmes interview in the pool. Yes. And you've mentioned to me off air here that you've talked to Chris Holmes before. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to hear some Chris Holmes stories. So, uh, so let, so let it rip. I got a couple. <laughs> well, when I moved to uh, to Los Angeles, I hooked up this girl named Jessica Black. Uh, she was a local photographer and worked in some of the local music mags and stuff. And, and she is uh, very cool. She's kind of like a big sister to me. And... Uh, so hello Jessica if you're listening. But um but anyway, I went over to her house one of the first times I went over. We were going to go somewhere and we were in the car and we we're about to back out. And all of a sudden this guy rides in on a freaking bicycle. It's got the little basket on the front of it, right? With a bottle of vodka, right? Uh, oh, it's, it's it's better. Better than vodka. So he goes up and he pull this guy pulls in and and he's got a basket on the front of his bike and it's full of Budweiser tall boys. Like from it's packed. You know, uh, the guy was on a mission. Riding and a bicycle? Riding a bicycle. Oh, my God. Now, okay, and here it gets better. He's got this <laughs> big, full beard going on. Yeah. His hair is like, looks like it hadn't been washed in days. It's like, pent, like, up, put up, and he's got this he big, like, 80, like, 70s headband on, right? Uh -huh. That's keeping his hair up. Right? <laughs> his glasses. Some old beat-up t-shirt, you know, tank top, so he showed his shit, you know, and he's all sunburned. He's got these little teeny, like, shorts on, man, and these freaking, like, uh, tube socks, you oh, know, God. and these old bit of tennis shoes. He comes in, and he starts banging the door, and we're as if we're about to leave. And Jessica's like, "Chris, you know what? What are you doing? I'm looking for Jerry." You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the guy was his guitar tech in the yeah. last days. So anyway, she deals with. She goes, "Good gosh, Chris, what's that clone you're wearing? Beer? <laughs> well, you know, fuck you, you know." You know, he's all full of piss and vinegar and half in the bag. And so uh, we leave. And I'm like, who the hell was that? Uh -huh. And she goes, that was Chris Holmes. And I'm like, holy shit. I've got, I used to have posters of this guy yeah, on my yeah. wall. Yeah. And here he is, like, looking like some sort of bum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Right. You know, I was like, crap. But over the next, like, couple of years, I got to know the guy really, really well. And yeah. uh, he's a, he's a character, man. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But for some reason, he liked me. Okay. You know, and we got along really well. So Now, when was this that this was happening? This was, uh, good gosh, uh, showing age in a way, I guess. But this is like 91, 92. Oh, so it was a while back. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, I've heard rumors that of homelessness or being a painter. And <coughs> I've heard of a number of things about him. I can't imagine Chris painting, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember one time we were hanging out over there on a Saturday night, and the guy comes in, and he's got this cut, like, on his head. He's got a box of, um. Was it uh, Tricks are for Kids? The cereal was it? Was yeah, it just tricks. Tricks, right? Yeah. So he's—I uh, think it was Tricks. Uh, one of those candy top cereals, right? And he's like, just like, he's drinking them, you know, like just out of the box, <laughs> and he's chasing it with vodka, and he's got this big cut on, on his forehead, and I'm like, oh, good gosh, dude, what happened to you, man? He goes, oh, I was walking home with my girl, man, and you know, 
well, go out there and look in the street and you'll see them. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. He said, well, these guys, man, they were, you know, they were kind of being a little insulting to me and my woman. And well, I had to take care of them. There's about six of them out there rubbing their heads. Go out and check them out. So I, I look out in the road and sure enough, there's like these dudes that are like a couple of them knocked out, a couple mm -hmm. of them laying there rubbing their head. You know, they're bleeding. Chris beat up like six dudes. Wow. You know, that insulted him and his girlfriend when he was walking her home and, and, you know, so he's like, well, uh, you know, whatever. He comes in, starts drinking vodka and eating tricks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, just never skips a beat, man. Wow. The guy's insane, man. But it, but he was, he was cool. But on the flip side, like Chris, um, I was sitting over there one time. Jessica wasn't home yet and neither was, uh, um, Jerry, uh, yeah. the guy that did guitar stuff for him. Um, and, but we were there. I don't know if Chris had a key or whatever. So, uh, they're not, you know, we had, we had a few beers and Chris is kicked back in this love seat with a little, little Marshall, you know, and, and an SG. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like playing, you know, like playing great. He sounds, so he still had it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was, he was, he was great. And, and we just talked like couple, yeah. like, like, you know, just a couple of friends just talking. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the, I mean, for a guy who was a big Wasp fan, yeah, it must still, have been kind of a still mind am. blower. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all the, I was seeing all the crazy shit. Yeah, but all of a sudden there was this, you know, couple of hours with a guy who, you know, was on my on my walls as a kid. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> this is for real. This is, but it was really cool. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a nut. He's a nutcase. Yeah, you're crazy. Chris is nuts. You know. Yeah, but that's who he is, and you gotta love him. You know. I mean. Me motherfucking man, what's the song you know on the yeah, on the one album? Mean I mean, man, yeah. that's uh, that's Chris. But so, how, when's the last time you talked to him? Oh, it was ten years, probably ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to talk. You know, that's crazy. But he was he's he's a cool. I you know I gotta give I gotta give some love to Chris. He was he was really cool to me. That's all I can say. Yeah. Oh but, uh, man. Well, yeah. As far the well, he was definitely the highlight of decline. Yeah, it's Did sad. He, it's very sad. Yeah. Honestly. Well, the, the, let me ask you this. Because Penelope Spheres, who did the re the film, she claims that it wasn't really vodka that he was pouring down his throat. Well, I don't know it, that it was all staged in the pool. What do you, did he ever mention that? He never mentioned. I never talked to him about that. I, yeah. uh, I was also told when I, you know, first knew I knew he was coming over after I the initial time yeah. I saw him. Don't ever bring up Lita Ford. You know. Really? Yeah. That the that messy marriage or breakup or whatever the hell it was yeah I was don't saying, ever talk about it. don't off. ever talk about that but i mean i saw you know i was around chris a lot but he seemed I mean, like a pretty damaged individual oh yeah yeah i mean he's he's definitely got some so shit going regardless on. of whether i never what saw, happened in I never decline saw, was real or not he was a mess i never saw chris drink water <laughs> <laughs> it was always vodka i promise so you. he he would drink vodka i promise like you he drank a lot of vodka man a lot of vodka well he's still in he's still yeah. hanging in there and doing it though. he's still doing it you know so i gotta give him credit for that yep you know but a great movie you know uh just so many great scenes i mean it's funny as shit oh the odin the odin yeah. bit in itself and then london london, london oh, was God. also uh also which i think the guitar player was in the uh, motley crew uh one one of the london guitar players was in the motley crew uh thing we mentioned earlier was uh, that uh was it lizzie gray uh i can't remember his name player? Uh, he, he played with he was, he was all crying and stuff talking about some shit on there you know and getting all emotional about it it was like i mean but you look at these guys it's like Good gracious sakes, man! Well, yeah, because I, the my favorite person in the whole, uh, aside from Chris Holmes, 
is the wet cherry guy. Mm. Who, oh, the diamonds and furs. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I'll do he that. was so he was just so convinced that he was going to be famous. Yeah. And um, I actually did some follow up research on him. Wow. He actually um he wound up on an episode of Cops a couple of years after that um, for a suicide attempt. No shit. So yeah. Which it would have been funnier if it was Randy Odin because he had said he would kill himself if he didn't make it. Right. But anyway, um, the wet cherry guy tried to kill himself. And then I actually talked to him. I was going to do a decline thing on Nashville Rock, my old website, but uh, it just never happened. But I was talking to him through MySpace. Randy? No, no. The guy from Wet Cherry. Oh, Rich. Oh. The guy claiming to be from Wet Cherry. So I don't know if it was really for him. For Why would you claim that otherwise? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be him, dude. I, I was Sam the Butcher on yeah. Brady Bunch, you know. But, uh, you would think you'd pick someone a little more famous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was hilarious um, because he, oh, and he was still convinced he was going to make it in his new band. Wow. So it hadn't changed, but um, <laughs> I don't know if you ever check out the, the website Metal Sludge. A uh, few times. Their message board to this day, they people still go on and on about what happened to so and so from Decline. Yeah. So that's the whole point. I'm eventually going to do a show on Decline, and we're gonna I'm gonna try to drag up as many people from that movie as I can. I want to get the guy with the skunk hair. Oh yes. I want to yes. get him on there. Yeah, I forgot about. that I heard guy. he turned into a lawyer, which what? would be a great story. Wow. So yeah, yeah, Decline, fantastic movie. Like I said, the only reason it didn't make my list is because I'm gonna do a whole show dedicated to it. I mean, you got to think about what that represents. I mean, what are like. Oh, slice of oh that movie is the 80s i mean rock scenes. you know it's just the overindulgence the, like you know but i mean it was a fun time but yeah, i mean oh absolutely. The, i mean but like i say the movie is fun it's sad it's like <laughs> it's like there's a lot of i mean it, it runs the uh the gamut and man. uh the so. scenes with uh poison with brett michaels and ricky rocket yeah 16 much, inches yeah it's like how much coke <laughs> how much coke did they snort before they did that interview oh, it's like 16 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, I mean, they were, yeah, they were high as they were nuts, dude, nuts. But yeah, so yeah, decline of Western Civilization Part Two: The Metal Years. Uh, very good movie. If you get it on bootleg, if not, you'll have to go on YouTube or. It's coming internet. out actually. It there, is coming. There out. is going to be a, a, a release of that soon. So. so yeah, and actually, maybe I can do my episode to tie in with that, and I can get more cooperation. Who knows when that'll be? But I have heard lots of rumors about that. So that'd be great. Yep. It's time for my number one. Well. And this one's kind of a cop-out because it's considered the ultimate rock and roll documentary of all time. You can't see it on regular TV. You have to buy it. But it was so big in the 90s that it was like a mini-series that ruled television for a good week. I'm trying to figure out what this is before you say it. You'll remember when this came out. Okay. I'm talking about the Beatles anthology. <sighs> Do you remember when this came out? When yeah. ABC turned into Beatles television I'm just not, for a week straight, I, you know, you're not a Beatles fan. Some people are going to shoot me, but I'm just not okay. a Beatles fan, dude. I'm not the biggest Beatles fan either. I'm not even interested in their documentaries. Oh man, it's so good though. <laughs> it is. If you, I mean, as far as that, to make documentary filmmaking, it's all like I said, it's a cop out because I've got the director's cut. And it's ten DVDs long. Whoa. So. It's kind of easy to put together a great documentary when you can just throw everything in there. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm probably making a cop-out compared to somebody that can throw something great together no, in an hour and a half. I wouldn't say that, man. But it's if, if, <clears> as far <throat> as fly-on-the-wall, fly <coughs> behind-the-scenes stuff goes, it's as good as it gets. I mean, it's like... I'm just not interested in them as people either. I mean, I just... 
I, I How got, could you not like the Beatles? I just don't, man. I mean, I, I I just don't. I don't even like it when people cover Beatles songs. I really? I just don't. There's not even it. an era of them that you like. <sighs> Maybe five songs, like the psychedelic five or six songs. stuff. For I just, I just wow. not a fan, dude. Not a fan at all. I'm disappointed. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being well, a huge Kiss fan, that's probably. I know. I was know, like, "What's his main influence?" Gene wanted to be the, the heavy the metal Kiss. Beatles. Yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, I'm just not a fan, man. That's okay. That's okay. But uh, but that, you know, but hey, but it's oh, it's it's fantastic. And there's probably a billion people that love that. You know, yeah, and, 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 I, and I mean, the, the that would die for ten DVDs full of footage of the Beatles. You know, but I just. <laughs> uh, it's just amazing. I mean, it's amazing amounts of footage and stories and behind-the-scenes stuff, and you get to hear stuff. You get to hear them goofing off between tracks in the recording studio. Yeah, maybe know, if I saw that, yeah. I saw, maybe if I saw something like that and saw what kind you of people might they are, I might become a fan because yeah. every time I get like uh, like Mastodon is is famous for this, at least for the last few records. Anytime they put one out, they they also put a making of the album with. Mm-hmm. The, with the CD, yeah, and I always watch the DVD before I listen to the CD. Yeah, because it garners more. It kind of, you know, yeah, it kind of builds up my, yep. you know, and so maybe if I saw something like that, you know, I might have a little more appreciation for them. But you know, I, I'll oh, ne- I'm shocked. I, I can't I'll, believe you don't like the Beatles. I'll never, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget Ringo Starr on. Uh, gosh, what, what was the dude's name? Uh, Arsino Hall show. Yeah, and uh, one time, and he asked him, uh, "Who's the uh, who's the best drummer?" Uh-huh. Like ever, yeah. I think it was. Oh, and he said me. He goes me. Well, no, I I don't agree with. And that. I'm like, are you shitting no, me? No, Ringo was passable I mean, at best. Dude, you're boom chick, boom chick. Yeah. Dugga, dugga, dugga. No, no, you Ringo know, like, was I, not one of the best. Drivers. I don't give a shit who you are, what genre. That's that's like. No, and he no. said maybe he was joking, but he didn't appear to be. No, no. And, no. I, and I'm like, are you serious? No, none of the members <laughs> are the best at any of their instruments. Yeah, but Ringo's like even like the well, freaking none of worst of them are the best. <laughs> Harrison was a pretty good lead player for his time, but Clapton blew him out of the water, and then other people, Hendrix blew both of them out of the water. I mean, I appreciate them but as being a you know kind of the you it know, was the the lead the being trailblazers yeah, for stuff I, that I, had I, never been done. I appreciate that. You know, like they practically invented distortion. Yeah, I, with I, revolution. I appreciate that. So, oh, I'm sure you can respect them. You just don't. Do I just it. don't like the music. Yeah. Really. Okay. You should see it, though. Yeah, okay. All right. I don't know that you'll want to watch 10 hours of it. No, I probably wouldn't be able to make it past that, <laughs> yeah. man. But. but it's just, it's a, it's an awesome snapshot of history with the band. Hi, this is John Bonham, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah. All right, now let's do stuff that we don't think made the list. Okay. One, I've got heavy metal parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one guy is like, which one? Freeze me! Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like uh, what is it? Uh... The guy in the zebra? Yes, yes. Did you know? Did you watch the the bonus footage where they found him? No. Yeah. They there's a. You can watch I it on, didn't know that on, existed. Netflix has it on streaming where you can actually watch the uh, the extras. Oh my god! And the, they track down like three of the people oh that no. were in the movie. Like nowadays, like, yes. like late, oh wow! And they track down the zebra guy. Oh, <laughs> and he's like got short hair, but you can tell it's him. He looks the same. That's fantastic. And he answers the door, and they're like, "Are you the zebra man from the Judas Priest parking lot movie?" And he's like, "Uh, yeah." 
And he just he doesn't know how to take what they're doing because they I'm sure he figured they're gonna make fun of him for because uh-huh. I'm sure he got harassed for years. How for can you it. not? Yeah, what was he like? He said something like Madonna's a dick. Yeah, he said Madonna's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's like he apparently he's a country music fan now. Doesn't even listen to metal anymore. What? Yeah. <laughs> So of course, the guy was pretty blunt on his mind, man. He, was he may have not even known. Who probably a total. He was time. probably a total bandwagon jumper to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. But yeah. I, I left it off my list because it's what fifteen minutes long. I mean, <laughs> it's not very yeah, long. It's not very long. I mean, it doesn't need to it's be. It's just a guy with a camcorder <laughs> at the, at the cap center in Washington going, "Hey, oh look at these gosh, idiots, dude!" But it's a fantastic snapshot of nineteen eighty six. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like I look at that and I'm like, I remember yeah, that era. That's pretty uh, pretty common, man. If you went to a concert, you'll see a lot yeah. of that kind of and, stuff. And it's funny seeing everyone react so amazing, like, "Wow, a camera!" Yeah, yeah. Like, at least somebody's got a video camera. No thought of being made fun of for the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, and that one, like my favorite part is like they're uh, he's going through the line with the camera, and people waiting to go in. And there's this one black guy there, and the guy's like, "Who are you with?" The black guy says, "Who are you with?" And he goes, "Oh, we're with MTV." He's like, "Bullshit, you are!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a good one. Oh, it's dude. a classic. Yeah, it's, it's it's fun watching, but it's it's not one of the best. But it's good. It's, it, it's funny. It's amusing for sure. Do you have one that you left off that you? you well, there's a lot of new ones too, man. Like you know, the Lemmy one is is. is see, like, I haven't seen it. Did you see it? Went went to, again to the Belcourt and what? then got the DVD. The bon- the bonus stuff on that one is. Arguably better than the actual. Oh, really? Yeah, it's fantastic. More raw. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Lemmy thing, and then uh, the the new Rush uh, was it Beyond, Beyond the, the Lighted Stage? Yeah, I was going to mention that one. Very, very, very cool. Um, gosh, then there's there's all the old Kiss ones, you know. Yeah, I was going to include Kiss. Kiss sec- Exposed. Kiss Second Coming. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about Exposed. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> best. It's just it's just that the classic when, footage is good. When that came out, though, the, the thing about that one was is that we were as Kiss fans, we were starved. we were starved for any freaking thing that had to do with Kiss. Yeah, you know, and and it's very like they're not going to give anything away. It's very structured, very planned out. There's nothing. Yeah, you know, it's typical Kiss, but um. But yeah, it's no, it's it's worth watching for the cheese factor. Oh, dude, it's like the worst. But like Gene with with all the girls' heads on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the snake when Paul they're doing the interview and Paul pulls the snake up. It's like boing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in the in yeah, the, and the like cool side trying to make everyone believe that they all live in the same house. Yeah, it's like jeez, <laughs> come on. You know, but 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 you know, at that time I was like. Shit, dude, yeah. you know. Yeah. All, oh, me and all my buddies were like, you know, gathering well, around to, to watch Kiss, you know. Well, it's like we took it seriously at the time, but you look back on it and it's like, <clears throat> the Paul Stanley workout? Really? Yeah. For dirty minds so, and so bad, bodies. Dude. So bad. <laughs> so, so bad. And then, yeah, I was, one of my also rants was Kiss the Second Coming. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which documented Again, their very planned, uh, reunion tour. Yeah. But the dialogue on it is very contrived. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's bad, We man. knew so we bad. were going to take over the world. and I, I love Kiss. Believe me, I no, love Me too. Me too. But there's no more scripted band than right, Kiss. Right, And like everything is so thought out. That's yeah. why I love interviews with Ace and Peter. Because they just say they what they say. They let it fly. Paul and Gene, it's like someone has to write it for them. It's like they're politicians. Well, I think Gene's probably writing all of it. And saying probably. It. But it's all how great the majesty of Kiss is and the greatness of rock and roll. And well, yeah. But anyway, but it's a lot of awesome footage from the reunion tour and like the stuff with them rehearsing in the airplane hangar yeah, and then yeah. putting the makeup back on for yeah, the first time. That's cool. and that was a very exciting that's, time to be a Kiss fan. That's, that's cool. I, yeah, that was uh, what, 96? Yeah, 96. Some of my other... Um, also, Rand's 
there's one I, I just watched this the other night. Um, and like I said, I wasn't a big New York, New York Dolls fan, but this stems out from the New York Dolls also. There's a movie called Born to Lose. Uh, the last rock and roll movie is about Johnny Thunders. Uh-huh. I know about that one. And it's a good movie as far as telling the story. Like, you find out what happened to him after he left the Dolls, which was <laughs> he went into oblivion with heroin and just ruined himself. <sighs> But the movie, the movies are like really scattershot in how it's made. Like, uh-huh. it, there's a lot of parts you'll be thinking, "What am I watching?" You like, it, it doesn't explain. It's very, it's, it's almost like a heroin junkie made the movie. But like reading David Lee Roth's book. Oh, crazy from the heat. You know oh, how David. God. You know how David talks. Yeah, I, it took me like six months to get through that. Book. It, it, me yeah, too. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, the way David talks is how the books. Written. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah. It took me forever to get through that book. Anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, born to lose. That's a good one about <laughs> heroin junkie type stuff. Johnny Thunder's pretty underrated guitar player, but he did it to himself. Um, Anvil, the story of Anvil. I'm Never sure know. I did. I went to the Belcourt and they played afterwards. Yeah. Anvil played after the, after the movie. Yeah. Hate their music. <laughs> you know, metal on metal, I like. That's I about like the that only song. decent song they have. Um, but yeah, it's just you know I, the poor guys, man. It's oh, like, they deserve any success they got because they worked their asses off for it. It's it's just it's so cheesy. Oh, it's completely. I cheesy. mean, it the it's it's really bad lyrical well, content. Oh, yeah. that guy's a Rob Reiner, right? The drummer. Yeah, very good. I mean, very very good drummer. But uh, yeah, I just wow, man. Oh, I mean, not 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 a good band, but it was one of those deals where they finally got some success. They're doing pretty well now, dude. I mean, they played like on Eggy Trunk. They were still yeah, they like, did two hundred some days or some. Yeah, crap they're like that. they're surviving. They're they're much. busy now at least. You know? So I'm happy for them with yeah. all with all that they've stuck through. Yeah, like persistence has to pay for something. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta count for something, right? But the the music's not good. No, <laughs> no, not very good. But yeah, good movie. Anvil story of Anvil. Um. And one that I almost made my number one and I left off the list just because it was just too hard. Um, Tom Petty, Running Down a Dream. Have you seen that one? I I don't know if that is what I saw or if I saw some sort of VH1. Well, this is... Uh, no, this, no, I know what I saw. It was the uh, Behind behind the Music uh, or Classic Albums of, what is it, Damn the Torpedoes? Is that okay, that's good. That too. was cool. I went and bought that album because <coughs> this of that. is just like that, that so but good. it's their entire career. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen it, and on it's the like shelves. three hours long. Yeah, it's just really long. I haven't seen. I heard it was really good though. And I'm not even a big Tom Petty fan, but I watched this thing and I could I was enthralled. I could not take my eyes off the screen. Yeah, it's just amazing. And uh, I need so, to see that. So yeah, it's that's a must for anyone that likes music. It's it's great. You you actually see them recording "Last Chance with Mary Jane." Yeah, like there's footage of them, and I like that drummer that too song. back in the day. I think he got kind of got the shaft, the long black haired guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name yeah. right off, but yeah, it's a, it's their whole beginning to end, and it's uh it's great. That's a good one. Another one that was just too odd for me to include was the Nomi story. I don't know if you heard of Klaus Nomi. Mm. Most people haven't. No, <laughs> <laughs> he was like this androgynous gay like operatic singer that was big in the new york village and uh-huh. he kind of got big for a little bit in the early 80s he's part of the andy warhol movement mm-hmm. but his story is interesting because he, he he was like one of the first celebrities to die of aids okay and that's and he was part of that whole warhol crowd which i guess i got into it because i got into the ramon stuff and the johnny thunder stuff which that's that's part of the same group yeah you're 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 yeah it's yeah. like the same family you're dipping into the same little yeah. There, yeah, so it's almost like if I could time travel, I'd go back to the late 70s in New York, and so I could 
just immerse myself. I'd like to have been in, in the seventies in Los Angeles. Man. Well, that too. That would have been really cool. But Klaus Nomi was one of the first celebrities to die of AIDS. He has music's weird, but it's just an interesting story. And the last one I'm going to talk about was um, "It Might Get Loud," which is one of the newer ones that came out with Jack White of the White Stripes, Edge of U2, and Jimmy Page. Just sitting around with guitars yeah. and just shooting the shit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And especially if you're a musician, it's it's definitely a must see. Yeah. It's it's because it's wonderful how these guys feed off of each other and they they look at each other's influences. Totally different pro- players. Completely you know? different. Like, which is what makes it great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like I didn't even like Jack White very much before I watched it, and I had a whole new respect for what he does uh-huh. after watching it. Yep, yep. And the first scene in the movie with him just on a porch putting. Like twine and wood and nails together, and he starts playing a song on it. He's like, "Who says you need to buy an expensive guitar?" Yeah. It's like, "Wow!" Yeah, he's always just, he's yeah. just experimental, trying to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah I he's love like that. the ultimate DIY rock. Yeah, star. I, I love that guy. Man. So another yeah local resident here lives out yep. here in Franklin. Yep, for sure. But uh, racketeurs are pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to be a believer. I I used to be very cynical about Jack White, but I'm I'm starting to get into it. But yeah, that's a great one. It's like just. Watching these, and you're watching three generations of music, yeah, come together and uh, how they're talking to each other, and it, all of Jack White's like, "I'm going to steal these guys' ideas." <laughs> so yeah. It's like it's great. He's, yeah, it's, it's great. It was a good movie. Yeah, man. it's it's almost like a podcast of a movie. You got to be. Um, I remember watching that with my mom and, and my wife, and it's like Mabel kind of dug it pretty cool, but mom, I could tell wasn't. So uh, you, you got to be. I yeah, you got to be into you it. You got to be a. a I think almost really you almost got to be a musician to really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I or, totally or, or else you got to really love music. Yeah, because uh, it's not you know it can be. A little, I could see why you know some people wouldn't like it, but I I thought it was very yeah, very cool, very good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in for this. Hey, thanks um, for having me. Man. But yeah, there's a there's a that's a good coverage of what we got out there, and I'm sure everyone's gonna come on the website and tell us what we got wrong. Yeah, and then our <laughs> taste song. How the hell could yeah. you not include whatever? Um, so that's fine. I'm pretty sure I forgot something really cool. Yeah. I just don't. I can't think of what it is off of. Yeah, head, so. but also the tracks you're hearing in between all of, uh, the breaks here are, is Piranha. So uh, check out Piranha. What, how can people go to find out about Piranha? www.piranarocks.com. All right, cool. And check that out. And um, also, if you're into Nashville or if you just want to learn more about Chris and Piranha, listen to the Nashville Extra version of this show. And thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 